Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club, the place investors go to learn tips, tricks, and stories from other investors in the field. If you feel we provide a value to you, go ahead and hit that thumbs up, share, whatever it may be. And if you'd like for us to cover a specific topic, let us know in the comments or reach out to us through our website. Today we have a very special guest, so buckle up, grab your pen and paper, and enjoy the ride. All right, we are live. Kevin, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? Doing well, man. Thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Where, uh, where are you calling from? Here in sunny California, Los Angeles. Sunny California. I'm actually wearing a coat because it is too cold here in Washington, so I am uh, super jealous of you. Oh, man. We got a little bit of gloom today, though. <laughs> Getting from that weather down here. All right. So uh, to get us started, um, why don't you tell everybody you know, who you are, where you're from, and uh, how you got started in real estate in the first place. For sure. Uh, my name is Kevin Dugan from Altus Investment Group. Been investing in real estate since 2012. And um, I kind of dabble in a couple of different spaces, but the core business I have is single family home turnkeys. Um, I got started a while back. Um, you know, I was talking to some friends, and one friend that I kept in contact with after I quit my um, corporate consulting job for the gas and oil industry, he hit me up and asked me if I wanted to flip houses in Chicago. So, um, basically, he was from Indiana. He proposed some of the numbers to me. He said you could buy about fifty thousand, put fifty into it, and sell for one seventy to two hundred thousand. So, like, okay. The numbers make sense. Um, let's try it out. So that was the humble beginnings. But even before that, it was uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was kind of the origin of motivating me and changing my mindset on wanting to be an entrepreneur. I'm pretty sure every single real estate investor has at one point read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I mean, it's a classic and uh, mindset is so important just in general. And that one really opens up your eyes to give you different perspectives on um, the way you can kind of live a professional life. So I'm a big fan of it. Absolutely. I agree. Um, cool. So you got, you used to do consulting, um, which is funny because that's how I, that's, I started in consulting and then I went to real estate. Yep. So you were doing consulting, your friend came to you. Um, he was flipping out in Chicago. He said, Hey, we can double our money 50, 50. And you're like, let's do this. Um, yeah. so since then, uh, where has your where is your uh, path kind of taking you? What's what's your main bread and butter of your business right now? So that original business of fixing and flipping with my partner kind of dissolved. It's really difficult to flip things from across the country, especially on yeah. your first go ahead. So he was a project manager at Westfield, and um, I'm an action taker. My skill sets are really on the sales side, and his are kind of like construction management. So it was a good partnership, but it's still challenging to do that. You know, when you're in California. And then managing kind of some fast talkers in Chicago, um, especially contractors. You never know what they're actually doing. Um, you hope that there can be trust there, but it's a difficult one. So um, fast forward to today, um, I've come full circle. So I've created a turnkey single family home business. And what that means is we basically buy houses. We renovate those houses. We rent them out to high quality tenants. And we actually specialize in Section 8. And then we sell it as a rental investment on the back end, managing it with our, our in-house property management company and then doing all the repairs with our in-house general contracting. So that's the core bread and butter of what I do. Um, I've also been tied into the multifamily space. It's a really tight community. 
Um, so I've been part of a GP and LP, um, total 400 units. And then there's some other stuff in the pipeline for larger commercial deals, but still waiting to see if those um, work out for later on this year. Cool. Wow. So you are, that it sounds like a very, you have a wide breadth of experience, but your, uh, your real core, the core of your business, um, single families, you buy them. Do you, is it a burr kind of strategy? Or are you buying them, rehabbing them and then renting them out? Or is it just you buy, you know, relatively new um, houses to rent them out? Yeah. So it's, it's basically like a, a, a modified burr method. So um, exactly as you mentioned, you know, really the value of a home is identified when you acquire it. So we try and buy houses about 50 to 60% discount, usually because they're outdated. The original owners um, you know, weren't taking care of this house and, and it can't acquire the rents that a normal you know, uh, renovated house would for market standards. So that's how I you know, built up my personal portfolio. And because we were starting to acquire larger volumes, we started to bring in you know, different services in-house, which is why we built a property management company, which is why we have a general contracting company here as well. So that we can basically add value across multiple points of the business and then provide it as a service and product to um, investors who maybe don't have the bandwidth or the, the time to do all those, you know, wear all those hats themselves. Very, very cool. I like it. Um, yeah. And are you doing all this in California? This is all across the country. So okay. I'm purely an out-of-state investor. Um, California, you need deep pockets to invest here. And yeah. Um, Truthfully, like when it comes down to it, the, the margins are going to be a smaller return and you really want to catch this market and, and appreciation markets like on an upswing. So especially when times are a little bit kind of funky or at the top of the market, you know, that's where there's even more risk. If you're off by 10% on your rehab budget, that could be your entire profit right there. Gotcha. Um, so I, I, the next step, um, I really want to get into the nuts and bolts of your business. But before we go there, um, you said, you know, you focused 100% on out-of-state investing. Um, so what are, I mean, you know, 2020, this is, we're in COVID time right now. This is a completely new area for, for everyone. Um, yeah. So what are your top markets that you're looking to invest in right now? So a lot of the top markets are the original markets that were performing well prior to COVID. So I, I'm really big on following the demographics. And traditionally speaking, if you have strong population growth, strong job growth, um, you know, increasing wages, decreasing crime rates, those are all going to lend itself to be a more desirable place over time. So um, I'm very bullish on like the southeast parts of Florida, the western parts of Florida, you know, Atlanta, Carolinas, Texas, Arizona. So a lot of these traditional markets you may have heard of, you know, they're going to get hit depending on their ratios of exposure to hospitality, to the service and food, food and beverage. Um, but at the same time, because there's so much demand there, usually they'll bounce back a little bit quicker. So really, it's just trying to, it's still so fluid at this point, honestly. Um, today's March 25th, and you know, we're still waiting for a lot of numbers to come out. And, you know, there's going to be some change coming in this, you know, the second half of this year. And, potentially some opportunity Q4 going into 2021. But honestly, people don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a, a crapshoot. So um, yep. those numbers are constantly changing. Okay. So, uh, um, so prior to COVID and, you know, you're just keeping the same kind of strategy. Um, you're focusing on the Southeast because you see the demographics are, are much more favorable for investors in those areas. Exactly. Yeah. And it's supply and demand, honestly. When it yep. comes down to it, where are more people moving towards? 
and that will push up potentially the rents on the properties or the commercial investments that you're involved in. So. Gotcha. All right. Um, all right. So we're going to change gears a little bit here. Um, we've kind of got the idea of what you do on a holistic level, on a high level. Um, so kind of take us down into the operations of your business. So um, you buy houses, you fix them up, you rent them out. Um, and then you get section eight tenants. It sounds like that's your main, uh, your main tenant base. Um, so kind of take us first. Um, how do you go about acquiring the leads for these properties? Um, do you do digital marketing? Do you do, you know, networking, yellow letters, whatever it may be. Um, what's your main source of leads um, to generate, to, to find new properties to buy? Yeah. So that's a great question. You know, investing in that market for seven years at this point, I've gained a lot of relationships. So typically the deal flow just comes towards me and I've purchased properties across the board. So wholesalers, um, delinquent tax liens, tax notes, um, auctions, short sales, estate sales. And it's one of those things where single family home, you know, if you invest the time or just invest the time in real estate in general, you'll start to acquire more leads that way. So I've done some yellow letters, but more of just a trial. And I know it works, but you really have to invest the money into that to get the results because it's, it's touches, you know, how many times does this person see your name where when that their situation has changed, they're going to come to you first. Um, but to be hundred percent honest with you, you know, everything's just kind of in natural growth. And this is the point I actually quit my corporate job last year to run the company full time. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, you know, now it's the point where, business starts to get a lot more fun because we get to explore a lot of different options on um, which levers to tweak and which ones to focus on that, you know, drive traffic towards us. So absolutely. Yep. Um, so very cool. So the main way that you guys are getting, uh, getting leads in your business is more just from, sounds like just from networking. I mean, you don't, you guys don't, do you do digital marketing? Do you do, um, sounds like you don't do yellow letters? Not really. I mean, honestly, it's just relationships and yeah. So it's kind of interesting that, we can kind of get around with that. And um, yeah, I, I mean, that's worked for us currently, but yeah, yeah, yeah. scale up. Um, no, that's, that's an enviable, enviable position. I mean, uh, um, I know for me and my partners, we do a lot of digital marketing. Um, my background's in digital marketing. So that's kind of our, how we get the leads coming to us. But if you've got already, I mean, if your name is, is solid in your markets that you're working in, you got leads coming to you, then, uh, then, I mean, more and more power to you. That's uh, that's really, it's an amiable position for sure. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, okay. So you talked about um, how you get leads. So now go about, um, well, actually let's talk about your, you said earlier that you really like section eight tenants. Um, that is extremely unique for um, investors because most investors don't want to have section eight tenants. Yeah. Um, so tell us why, why is it that you're focusing on, on section eight? So the premise behind investing for Section 8 is really the fact that people come across tough times in this world, number one. And then number two, the government's paying the majority of the rental income. So really the, the goal and my philosophy around real estate investing is taking care of people and, and having that um, trust as well as, you know, um, how would I say it, respect where the person's holding and obligated to, to perform the way that they're supposed to. So section eight, you know, a lot of it's elderly people with disabilities or single family mothers with, you know, many children, um, people who've just been put in tough situations that um, maybe don't have the finances to get their foundation straight. 
And, you know, we tend to do a pretty solid rehab on these houses, like in the thirty dollars to $50,000 range. And the price point of the house is anywhere from like seventy dollars to 100000 So proportionally, we're, we're really updating the houses drastically, new floors, updated kitchens, bathrooms, new electrical, plumbing, to give them a great home that they'll treat as a house. And we found that if you treat people like people, they tend to live there longer because really vacancy is one of the biggest expenses for single family homes. Um, and then traditionally people are afraid of section eight or, um, you know, government subsidized rents or low income housing because they feel that they're going to destroy the house. And I've been through enough houses where I've had some bad experiences, but generally we have more good experiences than, than bad. And when it comes down to it, you know, this is a, it's a privilege to be on that program. And if people, you know, they create any crimes or they, you know, go delinquent on any of their payments, like they can lose their voucher. And that potentially is risk for them, you know, losing a household for their family. So, you know, it's not to be leveraged, but at the same time, it's a, uh, a mutual respect of, you know, giving them a great home that they're going to appreciate and making sure they take care of it. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I almost went into Section 8 housing at one point, um, but uh, just the cars didn't fall out. Um, you know, the cars didn't go my way. Um, sure. So it's interesting to hear somebody that's uh, that's focuses exclusively on that. That's uh, I like your philosophy behind that. Yeah. And it, it could be good or bad. You know, I'm still not certain on like multifamily and like large populations of Section 8 because um, it could be difficult to like, con- like understand and, and kind of control the environment and community there. So, um, but I do know that there's a lot of successful investors who do that as well. Okay. Okay. We're going to switch gears one more time here. Um, we've talked about your business. We talked about where you are right now. Um, so now I want to hear a few, um, you know, experiences, excuse stories that you, uh, that you've had. I mean, it sounds like you've been doing this for a while now, so I'm sure you got some good ones in your pocket. Yeah. Um, so kind of take us back. I mean, we all know that real estate is an up and down both, you know, economically and emotionally. It can be, sure. it's a roller coaster. Um, so kind of take us to, to the, to the trough, to the bottom. Um, what's, what's been one of the hardest things you've experienced and, and what lesson did you pull from that? Um, and then after that, take us to the top. Like what's, what do you love about real estate? Um, what's your favorite thing that you've been doing recently? Okay, cool. So, I mean, I've really changed my mindset around investing and, and being a business owner in general. Typically we're just solving problems. So if anybody has seen like the diagram of, you know, an entrepreneur, it really, really does look like an iceberg. You know, the, the peak is up here and you, everybody sees like the greatness that comes from it, but there's a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff going on beneath that water. Um, sure. So earlier in my investment career, um, some of the challenges were purchasing houses that looked great, but their bones were bad. And, and that was kind of the motivation for wanting to bring in more control in house. So um, purchased a house back in 2015 that, basically looked beautiful. I mean, new paint, new tile floors, um, you know, new bathrooms, new kitchen. So it looked, looked great. Um, fast forward, you know, about a year and a half from there. Um, that's where like the bones started to have some issues. So, you know, the water bill started spiking up. Um, you know, there were like little holes, like there's like some mold growing behind like the kitchen cabinets that nobody could quite understand why it kept growing. Um, and then there were like little holes like throughout the wall. So this house was like infested with termites. Oh no, that's the worst. It had a main line that collapsed. So like that was like the mold was like backing up like behind the sink. And 
um, our tenant in there was like a legacy tenant and she, um, she was an odd one. <laughs> I mean, she was like partially deaf and, you know, she didn't really ever respond to her phone. So she was like a really difficult tenant. So all of these together is like, okay, um, early stages, like you can't just look at the, like what the house looks like from the surface level. You need to do a little bit more digging as to like what the structure is and what's going on behind it and what, what the story is. Okay. So, um, a couple lessons, you know, I like having a lot more control over what I see in the house. Cause when you open up walls, you, you get a fuller picture of what this house is and how it's going to perform and also providing a higher quality product to people. Like the more you know about the house, the better it can be for your, your investors. And then tenant wise. Um, yeah, I mean, you really want to know and screen the tenant and kind of hear their background story and, that was earlier on when we were renting it out to ourselves. So like, you know, the questions you ask are a lot more superficial as opposed to really diving deep into what their story is and why they need this house and what their current circumstances are. So lots of lessons revolved around um, early mistakes, but the rental income was so good on it that it, you know, over time I see that as like an education. So yeah, it still works out. Yeah. So, uh, so you're, I mean, the main issue that you ran into was um, you're, you were buying houses at the very beginning of your career, and you weren't looking at the at the structure. Were you getting appraise, um Were you getting uh, in, um, inspectors going out to the houses, or was it? Were you just buying sight unseen? Um, no, I, I'm pretty active, so like I'll travel out there, so I would see it. But then my eyes are pretty novice, and like honestly, I'm a very big picture yeah. entrepreneur. So operationals are like operational side is like more of a challenge for me. But I've learned over time. And I just looked through like a lot of small details, like silly details, like, oh, I didn't realize these doors didn't close over here because they didn't actually cut it properly. So like, there are all kinds of like funky things on it that, you know, somebody who's a little bit less like, you know, shoot by the hip would probably look into that and, and maybe do some better due diligence. So it only takes you a, a few deals like that to really learn your lessons. So that that's good. Yeah. And I mean, fortunately, I get to pass on those lessons you know, help people skip those lessons going forward because um, they cost money, they cost time, they they add headaches and you don't have to go through them. Um, most people, you should try and avoid them. <laughs> All right. So that was your trough. Now take us to the top. Like, what do you love? At, I mean, what's your favorite thing about real estate? Um, if you have a specific project in mind, um, anything like that, what really gets you out of bed when you're thinking about, you know, running a real estate business? Yeah. So I love the creativity about real estate. And the fact that you can dive into a lot of different asset classes. Traditionally, you want to focus. You really want to focus and put your time and due diligence in, into one space so that people know you. Um, but what I mean by creativity is the fact that, you know, right now with the turnkey stuff, I'm able to provide a product to a lot of investors who didn't think it was possible to own real estate out of state. And it's really eye-opening when they start to collect that rental income on a monthly basis. And it's really rewarding to see how excited they get um, knowing that they've purchased an investment. They have something that they can trust that will take care of their properties first and then hopefully get them on the path towards financial freedom. Because that was really my motivator once again, going back to rich dad, poor dad. Um, financial freedom isn't necessarily a requirement. Like I wouldn't say that everybody should go for that, but I would say everybody should always add additional income streams yep. so that they have diversification so that they can basically have stability when, you know, things get crazy. Like right now, like, you know, having 
one or two or three, or most millionaires have seven additional income streams, that allows you to have more sense of security. So that's really yeah. the aspect that I love about the business. I, uh, I completely understand that. Um, it, financial, I mean, financial independence is more uh, peace of mind and is how I like to look at it. Um, I mean, money is, is itself is not, it's not happiness, but um, it will give you peace of mind. It'll allow you to think about other things, think about your family, think about your, your health um, a little, a little bit uh, freer. So um, yeah. I definitely agree with you on that one. hundred percent. All right. So um, we're changing gears one more time. I'm going into your personal, your personal life here. Um, well, not really that personal, but uh, <laughs> um, so you've had a lot of success in real estate. Um, you've helped a lot of people. You bought a lot of houses. Um, what habit, would you attribute to that, that success, um, in your own life, what habit contributes the most to most to your success? Definitely. So habits is a funny topic. I'm rewiring myself currently and always trying to kind of self-reflect to improve. And I just, I mean, I love that aspect of challenging myself to try and do more, but, um, the aspect that has made me successful is just like being gritty in a sense of like knowing that, you know, things are going to be tough and there are going to be challenges, but understanding that you only fail if you let the challenges stop you from what your goal is. So if you continue to like move forward and you continue to, to persevere, then that gives you a lot of opportunity to grow in real estate. Honestly, like I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I work hard and by working hard and then continue to work with higher level colleagues and professionals and mentors and coaches, like it continues to push you up to another level where, you know, really the opportunities are kind of endless. Like if you put in the, the time and the hard work. So I like it. That's uh, that, that is grit is definitely, in my opinion, one of the most important factors when it comes to real estate. Cause when you first, at least when I first got into it, um, problems just came left and right. And if you stop at the first problem, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, you got to have that ability to just push through. So I, uh, a hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, um, kind of piggybacking on that question. Um, you know, you started so many years ago. Let's say, what what year did you start? By the way, it was end of two thousand twelve. So two thousand twelve. Okay, so you started two thousand twelve. You know, um, two thousand twelve version of Kevin. Um, if you could go back to that guy who hasn't started his business, who's still in the corporate life, um, and give that that guy one piece of advice going forward, what would that be? I would say network more. Is okay. One of the things, at least for me personally, because I, I see opportunities and I can kind of gauge opportunities fairly quickly, but I'm also, I can be very narrow-minded if I'm not exposed to good opportunities. So the more you meet other individuals who are playing at a higher game than you, um, you know, it's your network is your net worth. And if you meet more people, you get more ideas and you can get excited about different, different ventures. So um, there's pros and cons. Like I'm a, an advocate that people should invest and you kind of have to go and feel like what your own vibe and, and pace is. Um, at the same time, I do very much understand like when you go commercial, like it allows you to get to a level of scalability that you wouldn't normally with, you know, single family homes. So that is kind of the reason why like, uh, like single family, beautiful asset class, like extremely profitable. Um, it's just challenging to scale at times unless you build a business around it. So, yep. all right. So, um, 
So we definitely appreciate having you on. We are at the end of the time. We like to keep these schedule, these uh, episodes around 20 to 30 minutes. Sure. Um, so I think I can speak from everybody listening and watching. We appreciate everything that you shared with us. Um, if anybody wanted to get a hold of you, um, first, what is it that you're looking for in your business? And second, um, where, where can they get a hold of you? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, of course. So um, like many real estate investors, we're looking for passive investors who, you know, with the single family home stuff, maybe want a lower entry point into real estate and exposure to collecting rental income on a monthly basis. So, you know, these are busy professionals like engineers, IT specialists, you know, doctors, lawyers, nurses, uh, people who can't wear all those hats, um, but want to gain exposure to real estate and, you know, have the ability to learn and maybe branch off from there. So, and how you can find me, um, I'm working on growing the social media side, but um, right now, LinkedIn, if you look for Kevin K. Dugan, or if you go to my website, altusig, that's A-L-T-U-S-I-G.com and find out more information there. You can also email me. I'll give you my uh, contact information. So if you have questions, shoot me an email. Perfect. Again, Kevin, thank you very much for, uh, for joining us here. Um, I appreciated all the wisdom that you shared. I'm sure everybody else did as well. Um, for people listening and watching, if you want to get a hold of Kevin, um, he just said his information. I'll also put it in the show notes so you'll be able to reach it there. Um, and until the next time, we look forward to seeing you. Thanks, Gabe. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for joining us on the Real Estate Investing Club. If you feel we provided value, we would appreciate it if you hit that thumbs up, share it with your friends online, whatever it may be. If you'd like to share or partner with us on an investment deal, we are always looking for quality projects. Go to www.therealestateinvestingclub.com to get in contact with one of our partners. Otherwise, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic day and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.